International rugby coverage on the Country Sport Breakfast is proudly brought to you by Access Solutions, elevating you and your business to a higher level. Rugby writer Gregor Paul uh, joins us this morning on the show. Morning, Gregor. Morning. In an alternative universe, and I love this column that you wrote, I think it was yesterday in the New Zealand Herald, you came up with the, with the dream coaching team. Ian Foster, Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown. It's your pick, is it? Well, that wasn't actually my pick. That was Ian Foster's pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's actually the initial ticket that he wanted to run with. Uh, when it became public knowledge that Steve Hansen was going to be stepping down. But unfortunately, because uh, the rugby union decided to take a sort of glacial time period where, you know, the, the world hit about four degrees and inflation went to 7.5% by the time they got around to appointing a coach, both uh, Jamie and Tony were picked up. Well, they were, they were uh, offered renewed contracts to stay in Japan where they already were, and they were offered a... a an obscene amount of money, so they stayed there. And, um, yeah, they weren't able to come and coach the All Blacks, so Fozzie had to scramble together a different team. So that's what you get for sitting on your hands and not making a, not making a major decision, really, isn't it? Well, look, I think it, it, it is, and, and it's a very uh, pertinent question to be asking at the moment, which is the process of appointing coaches. What time should it happen? You know, what part of a World Cup cycle should you even be worried about a World Cup cycle? Uh, have we become fixated with this idea that you know you can't change horses midstream of a World Cup cycle because it would be impossible for them to you know pick up a team with a year to go before a World Cup? Uh, should we should we just appoint long term coaches uh, now? You know, say look, actually we're going to keep this crew in in place until the World Cup because they're all under contract, but we're but but we're not going to renew their contracts after the World Cup. Uh, so we're going to have an open tender process right now right now, a year before the World Cup, and, and they'll kick in in 2024. I mean, all these questions are valid around the process and the timing that you go around doing it, because the most important thing is that you end up with the best coaches and not necessarily the best available coaches. To my way of thinking, if we change, and I think you might agree as well, if we change the coaching team now, it could be a mistake. Could be a mistake, could be the best thing they've ever done. But there's, this is... This is not a science with a lot of uh, clear answers or, or, or um, you know, confidence that you can ever have uh, about whether you're doing the right thing with coaching. It, it's an art more than it is a science. So, you, you know, look, I mean, I can remember when Steve Hansen took over as head coach and many of us in the media were a bit sceptical because he'd been an assistant, he'd been a bit grumpy. You know, there have been a few issues there in Jeepers. Look what happened when he took over as head coach. Uh, probably the best coaching reign the All Blacks have ever known in the professional era. So, look, it's not, it's not easy to know whether you're putting together the right team or not. There's no guarantees ever when you're the people appointing. And, yeah, and sometimes you get a bit of luck and a coaching team turns out to be magnificent. Sometimes it's not the case. I mean, sometimes there's been star-studded coaching teams around the world that, that, that haven't worked at all. So, look, look there's risk, isn't there? I mean, there's a huge risk and there's, and there's potentially a huge reward at the end of these things. And the thing is, I mean, as we've mentioned, the Northern Hemisphere teams and other teams around the world have actually caught up to us. They've got our, some of our best coaches are now coaching them uh, and Australia's best. And so it's, it's almost a level playing field now, isn't it? I'd say it's potentially one where the North have perhaps even edged ahead. Mm. To be honest, I think there's there's another factor here that, that that's played out. Look, the North have been uh, building, like physically building and developing what I would call the power athlete. 
And I think we're seeing that more and more. I mean, we look at the, the Irish athletes, they were a different body shape, really, to the New Zealand guys. And um, they're building their guys uh, a lot more for, for collision work. But, you know, whereas maybe 10 years ago they were building them for that collision work, uh, but they couldn't get around the field. They had little athleticism or uh, you know, small engines and they couldn't keep going. What we, what we saw with the Irish guys is they looked really well conditioned. They were powerful. They were, they were muscular. And they had a bit of endurance about them and they were able to get around the field. New Zealand's athletes have been built to play a, uh, you know, a high school game, high tempo game where, you know, they play at pace. They want to get wide um, and keep the collision work. Yeah, they want to win those, but they don't want to get, um, you know, bro- uh, bogged down and winning collisions the whole time. They want to play in space. And that's where the game's changed because I think New Zealand's athletes are, are looking a little bit like they might have the wrong body shape at the moment. Uh, and some serious thoughts going to have to be given to, uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them type thing and start yeah. building a different type of athlete here. But it takes a while. You know, you can't sort of re-sculpture people in three or four weeks. <laughs> It'll be three or four years before we start seeing the benefit of a, of a changed conditioning mindset. Do you think it'll be the same all-black panel that will will take them to, to South Africa uh, next week, the same coaching team? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think there was ever any likelihood of, of, of a change coming um, between the Irish and South African series. I think it's pretty well known that while the coaching group were all reappointed in their entirety at the end of our beginning of this year, that uh, the board, uh, the executive team at New Zealand Rugby Union said, look, it's a phenomenal start to the year, isn't it? Three, three tests versus Ireland and two mm-hmm. against South Africa. Yeah, we're going to have to, that'll be a midpoint where we'll, we'll check everything is as it should be. Um, so I think there was also an intention to wait until the guys got back from South Africa. And even if they've been playing really, really well and they'd won 3 0, this process of having a check after South Africa would be happening anyway just to be certain that everything's okay. Clearly, at the moment, that's not okay, is it? So <laughs> there is going to be a look when they get back from South Africa, and there is probably going to have to be a difficult decision made about what to do next. As they say in Dad's Army, don't panic, Mr. Mannering, don't panic. Good on you, Gregor. (laughs) Thank you. Gregor Paul joining us this morning here on Gold Sport on the Country Sport Breakfast.